Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 72 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Uh, you're going through that transition, and boy, you'd really like to have the perfect mentor to help you along. Well, we're going to talk about the fallacy of perfect mentor. In this episode of Reinventure Me, this is the Reinventure Me Clinic episode. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast. With your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hi, and welcome to episode 72 of the Reinventure Me podcast. I'm Larry Gates along with my co host, Armin Asadi. Hey, Armin, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing well today. I'm doing well. Actually, looking forward, I'm going on vacation, so I'm like pumped up. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you are. You go on vacation like once every three weeks. I'm not even happy for you anymore. It's my life. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Right? Yeah, it's so rough. Gosh. <laughs> really looking forward to getting some time of uh, being with family, doing a little bit of morning writing. That'll be good. Yeah, and, you're a morning guy. I well, I have become one. I've never been that. Yeah, right. Every really? Time we Seriously? do this in the mornings. You're just up and at them. You're ready to go. I know. I am. But... like a pregnant woman. <laughs> I know. But right. But when I was your age, I wouldn't get up till noon on a Saturday. Amen, brother. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, can, I, I can't sleep in past seven now. It's just terrible. <laughs> I wish. I, I can very easily sleep past seven, but I don't. <laughs> Well, now I do because, uh, you know, we got this crying baby that likes to torture me yeah, in the mornings. Right. <laughs> you, you can say you sleep like a baby. You're up every hour. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like clockwork. Yeah. How is that little girl doing? She's good, man. Uh, uh, She's the cutest freaking thing I've uh, ever seen. I yeah. can't handle it. Oh, I just want to kiss her all day long. Her uh, face is like breaking off from me kissing <laughs> her all day. <laughs> That's great. My dad yells at me, stop kissing her. <laughs> I can't. She's too cute. Uh, it sounds like you're getting ready for another. Ah, pretty much. Mm, all right. <laughs> she all right. needs a playmate. Yeah, all right. <laughs> good. It's good. Hey, Armin, we got a special episode planned today. We do. In fact, you and I were talking about mixing up the show format a little bit yeah. and doing this every once in a while. So why don't you tell our listeners what we have in mind? Well, we're experimenting, and it's not with narcotics or drugs of any kind. <laughs> So what we're doing is we decided to invite one of our audience members who is a regular listener to our podcast to call in and lay out some of the challenges that he's dealing with. We don't necessarily know where this is going to go. We don't necessarily know how we're going to process this, but he's going to lay out some questions for us. Larry and I are going to try to tackle them, and we're going to try to sit in the venture coach seat and see if we can help him along or guide him along these challenges and transition he's in right now. Yeah, and this is all part of a new format that we want to do every once in a while, and we're calling it the Reinventure Me Clinic. And so the idea is we'll have an unscripted conversation with one of you listeners that want to call in and say, hey, this is the thing I'm wrestling with, dealing with, what do you want to do? We hope that it becomes a lively and fun activity. Now, Armin and I pre-recorded this episode already in terms of the conversation that we're going to have. So we know what we already talked about, which right. is why the lead-in is what it is. And we had a pretty engaging conversation, I think. But the thing about it is 
that the key is in any of these kind of dialogues is that they're kind of messy by default. And That's true. It kind of really represents real life. You know, when we come to a podcast and we're putting things together, think about this. I mean, when we put these episodes together, we're logically stitching things out and we're sharing stories in our life that fits the framework. Yeah that we're trying to communicate about. Yeah, there's research that goes into it, the oh, yeah. structure that yeah, we goes try into to, it. We try to draw journaling. all that together and we try to make it cogent. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. But when you're dealing with life in real time, mm-hmm. there's nothing cogent about it. You can't process it. You're just feeling fear and uncertainty and doubt and, and angst. And we had an opportunity to visit with Dan Wobshaw, and I think you'll hear some of that. You'll hear some of the very raw stuff that he's dealing with in his life and in those times when things are raw you like to know hey yeah. is there somebody there that can identify with this am i, I alone am i in trouble here you yeah know? it's true so i think you'll hear some of that in today's show and we hope you enjoy this format uh, let us know what you think uh, leave us a comment on our show at reinventure.me slash 72 because mm-hmm. this is episode 72 of reinventure me and with that we're just going to get right into it Well, Armin, we're here with a guy you and I both know, um, Dan Wobshaw, has agreed to come on our first Reinventure Me clinic. <laughs> so welcome, Dan. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. You're in Waseca, Minnesota, which is next to Lake Wobegon. Is that right? Yeah, something uh, similar to that. It's a place where everybody knows your name, much like Cheers, but nobody knows where you are, which is very different. <laughs> everybody knows where that is. So, Dan, thanks for joining us in our first Reinventure Me clinic. We're going to try to figure out what this is all about as we go, so that's part of the fun of having you on this show for that purpose, if nothing else. But give our listeners a little bit of background about who Dan Wobshaw is, maybe something about the transition that you're facing right now. Oh, a little bit about me. Well, the transition that we're dealing with here is, for a number of years, we've been wanting to move to Florida to be closer to one of our kids. So that's one piece of the transition. You know, selling a home, deciding what we leave behind, sell, throw away whatever, and whatever we take with. That's kind of a process in and of itself. But what else is going on is I've got a ministry that God has called me into that at this very time, I'm intending to set time aside in July to transition it to look a little differently, more deeply involved, Julie in the ministry, uh, as well as the beginnings of writing a devotional book that her and I are going to do together. Hmm. So, you know, we're transitioning a ministry in, from what God has originally shaped it to what we believe he's called us to turn it a little bit different direction while we're looking at selling a house and moving to another state half of a country away. So, it, I mean, that's the major portions of what's happening and then the logistics with all that can get to be a little bit overwhelming. If, if we let it get to us, it could feel like it's burying us. Well, that's true for probably every transition feels overwhelming. And uh, that's also part of the fun of it too. <laughs> I think actually is diving in on the deep end of it, but it is overwhelming and taxing. Oh, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, we're excited about everything that's coming. It's just sorting through handling the process and trying to handling it as well as we can with limiting the negative consequences or effects of the whole process on not just ourselves, but other people who are counting on us as well. Sure, sure. Well, we'll get into all that in just a minute. But Dan, we like to have our guests also bring to us and inspire me. So how would you want to inspire our listeners and inspire Armin and me this morning? It's a scripture verse that you know my faith and walk with Christ is 
so so important to me, especially in light of everything that we've gone through. So my inspiring comes from Romans 12 to Paulus speaking, and what he says is, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So for me, that verse has been, in my walk with Christ, has been life-changing. There's so much depth in that, because what I hear Paul saying is, be conformed, which means part of that is outside of my own ability, but yet I still play a role in be transformed by the renewal of my mind, is I have to place myself in an environment where that God-given directive can take place. Mm -hmm. So some of the confirmation and transformation is done by the work of the Holy Spirit, yet I have a responsibility to play an active role of placing myself around people and in circumstances that will allow for that healthy transformation. Yeah, that's good. And it's in that process of being tested that I can begin to search, okay, you know, God, what is it that is within your will and your perfect will? And as I look at this circumstance, again, that verse comes back and it's just, it speaks life to this transition we're going through. Yeah, I like that word testing, because I think that life is about experimenting and continuing to press things and to test them. And I think that's why I have this, you should never stop asking what you want to be when you grow up. That's a testing question. So Dan, take us down a path here today in terms of what do you want to talk about in the clinic? What would be helpful to you? There's a couple of things that I've come up with here today, and there's really one of these sticks out to me, and I'll, I'll start with that one first. You and I have been friends for quite a number of years now, Larry and Armin, getting to know you a little bit better, even though it's long distance. But I've learned this, taking the wisdom of others who have been through or are going through something similar to what you're encountering is valuable. But a transition of this nature is not something I've actually ever thought about seeking wisdom of someone who's done that. That's a big topic is how would a person best do that? Seeking out a, a mentor, if you will, who's handled larger transitions. Also a process or prioritizing things that need to be done during the transition and then discovering what are some things that are on a plate or on a in process that can stand a short-term pause button, be set aside until transition is more complete where you can pick up that project and continue. And for me, that one is going back to college online. Okay. Pursue a degree in Christian mm -hmm. ministries. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot already, but those are some of the things that are on my mind this morning. All right. So which of those threads do you want us to pull on first and see what happens? Seeking that wisdom from someone who's been through a similar transition or transitions. Okay, good. So I think we all go through these transitions. I mean, you've gone through a few and sought some advice from others and have some advice for Dan on how to jump in on that. It's a search. It's like uh, going on a treasure hunt to try to find that person, you know, because it's it's not like trying to find someone who is a successful consultant and you go look for consultants or you look for a business mentor, or a spiritual mentor. I mean, it's, it's a very specific kind of transition and it's not broad where, you know, you can find an easy fit. So for me, I'm probably in the same shoes as you are. <laughs> I don't know if I actually have an answer for it other than I start digging and searching and asking everybody and letting everyone know where I'm at and see if people have someone to recommend to me. But 
I don't know. What would you recommend? Like, that's tough. Well, I like your inspire me quote because I think the key word there is test. And I think Armin is onto something here when he talks about seeking it broadly. The way I would reframe that a little bit is to say, one of the challenges we have is that we're looking for mentors that fit the exact profile of what we're going through. Yeah. And all of us, every transition is going to be unique in its own way. Right. Nobody is going to do your transition the way you do it with your background, with all the stuff that you've got going on. Right. And we can get discouraged that we might not see a mentor out there that fits with our idea of where we need to go and the transition we need to go to because we're so narrow in our thinking. We want somebody that looks like us mm -hmm. and is in the same situation as us mm -hmm. or has been in that situation, and we expect that they're going to bring something to the table that's going to be the magic bullet. And I think there's a few questions that you want to ask yourself, Dan. First of all, I guess I would come back to reaffirming the quote that you used and just seeing life. And I like the way you put it, Armin. You said it's a treasure hunt. When you see that even the people that are around you today can speak into you in yeah. a valuable way. They may not be able to talk specifically about the transition that you're going through, mm -hmm. but they can certainly talk about your heart. They can ask you some important questions. They can make sure you're communicating with your spouse, that you're not overwhelming yourself with burdens that you right. don't need to carry. And frankly, those are some of the more powerful and potent mentors than the subject matter experts that happen to have gone through the same transition right. you've gone through. That's great because that's part of the question I had in my mind is who is maybe best suited for that and the importance of communicating with my spouse, I think with Julie, is one of the things you just addressed. I don't want to overwhelm her with things, but yet I don't want to leave her out of you know things I'm wrestling with and stuff because she's got a busy enough plate the way it is of her own. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions was, is it better if it's somebody able to ask me those questions that you mentioned, who is it not so close to me? You know, would it be somebody that really knows me well or somebody that knows me but from a little bit of a distance who can be a little bit more directly objective or doesn't it matter? My answer is going to be a little long-winded. So the answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, when you say, should it be this person or that person or another person, again, we fall into the fallacy that one person is going to be the magic mentor. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's ever one magic mentor. I think when we open ourselves up to the possibility that God might use number of people to put things together, part of the reason why I have longed for the magic mentor is just comes down to laziness. <laughs> I want somebody that can slip in my shoes yeah. and make it as painless as possible for me to sort through all the moving factors. Right. And there's no trust in that. Right. There's no wrestling with God like Isaac did. There's just me wanting the slot machine answer. Yeah. And I want the slot machine that's going to look like it's going to give me the product that I want. Yeah. And that isn't the way life works. <laughs> yeah. I like what you're saying, Larry, because there's so many different people that have so many different perspectives. A lot of times it's pulling on all these different perspectives during a big transition until you find something that clicks for you. And a lot of times for me, I realize I'm piecing things together for me to come to a conclusion. There's a spiritual perspective, there's a business perspective, there's an emotional one, there's a very logical one. And I see myself piecing so many things together for me to come to a conclusion on what my approach is going to be or how I'm going to handle something. And uh, for Dan, I feel like what Larry's saying, I just think it's very on point. If 
you can put a lot of people around you to touch on. And I think you can come to your own conclusion and your own perspective on what is the best way to handle a situation like this. You know, that's not to say though, that all of our mentoring is accidental. I think a, a great part of it can be as you go, but we can take a look and identify areas in our lives where we might want some additional help that we know our current network of mentors is not as equipped to do. And so in that case, it's helpful, Dan, if you sort out where do you feel yourself most vulnerable in terms of when you look at the counsel that you receive from people, there'll be some in certain areas, some of the same areas that Armin just mentioned, but where do you feel yourself most vulnerable? And then see how you might find the least amount of requirements for that person. In other words, what I'm saying is don't try to look for somebody that's everything all rolled up into one person like we've just been talking about. But if you feel you're you're really vulnerable in understanding how to do, you know, how to manage your finances, or if you're trying to figure out about attending college during a transition or what it's like to get into a new environment, whatever that issue is that maybe your current network can't give you. Try to find somebody that can help you with that specific question. And the way you do it, I think, is back to what Armin said before. You start asking your friends, who do you know that knows this? Who do you know that's done this? They don't have to have all the pieces together. And that's the high bar that I found in myself that was just too high to climb. And I had to step back from and say, I need to look at my mentors as a portfolio, not as a person that can give me the magic bullet. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes total sense. And until you just stated that, that thought process had not entered my mind. I was, you're right, I was looking for the, the magic person or bullet, if you will, and not thinking bigger picture. I think we all want somebody that will just totally get us because they've been there, done that in the same way that we can see ourselves in them. You know, and it's, it's almost like we want to make a mentor in our own image, but we want them to be ahead of us. It's like we want to fast forward to who we would be 20 years from now and say, what should I do? You know, <laughs> I think that's why those movies yeah. that where people go back in time and see their earlier self is so appealing because it's kind of like, God, I would slap myself silly and change some things if I could go back in time and fix them. You know, we like to be a mentor to ourselves. And so we like to try to find somebody that can play that role for us. That's a very easy thing to yeah, do. Looking for that magic DeLorean that Marty McFly was driving around. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious, what's another challenge or another obstacle that's in your path right now that we could be processing with you right now? Well, one of the things I have a tendency, uh, I'm a, um, fortunate to be a perfectionist. On many occasions, stops me or I allow it to prevent me from moving forward on things instead of you know going ahead and having some rough edges on things. I will wait and your procrastination episode just speaks volumes to me. And I say that because I have a tendency to add a lot of pressure to myself. I raise the bar of expectation just in normal activity. So then as this transition, this type of transition comes, I have a tendency to heap it in higher, the pile gets heavier, and I'm adding stress to everything. And what I'm presuming is higher expectations for those I'm around when in reality, those expectations don't even exist, but I'm still telling myself they do. How do I deal with that? And what am I really battling? Is it a pride issue that I'm dealing with or so advice to guide me through some of that? I don't know if we talked about this in the procrastination episode, but I do remember Julia Cameron saying, 
call it what it is. It's not procrastination. It's fear. Did we talk about that? No, yeah. that's exactly what I was thinking. I've never heard that quote, but yeah, I keep going. Yeah. Dan, I think you were onto something when you said, you know, you have some expectations of yourself that are largely higher than other people have of you. I think that that's true for many of us who mm -hmm. consider ourselves a pursuit of excellence or drivers. We want to do things well. The thing that occurs to me that especially in times of transition, when people know that you're trying to make a shift. I think oftentimes people's expectations actually get diminished. They give you some grace because they know, hey, you know, you're having a new baby or mean, you know, if you're whatever, running behind or have to take a day off or whatever, you come in bleary eyed. They know, right. hey, he's got a transition he's going right. through. We're going to cut him a little bit of grace. <laughs> you're getting ready to move to a new state. People understand that. I think they give us a lot less than we give ourselves even at that time. So the expectations in the outside world might actually be diminishing. Yeah. when you're in transition. But you are bringing up a really, really important point, Dan, because I think it's there all along. It just is heightened during a transition when there's so many moving pieces and parts that are happening to you at one time. And you use the word battle, and I think there is a battle that goes on. And it's always in the narrative that we tell ourselves. The battle is always what we think about ourselves, especially when we think, we're going to fail at something. And so that's when doubt starts to kick in. So the question that we need to ask ourselves when we're in the midst of that and we're feeling overwhelmed, we're feeling under pressure, we're feeling like we're not able to keep up, is what is it that you are telling yourself when you experience those times of doubt and fatigue? Does that narrative suggest that you're beating yourself up by it? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think what I'm getting is perception is not reality during these heightened tension or transitional states has become self-deceptive. The battle between reality and perceived reality. And I'm actually seeing a connection between seeking advice from you know the wisdom and many counselors that would help an individual, whether it's myself or somebody else, to realize that I'm looking at perceived realities that in truth aren't reality. The fact that they're liable to cut you more grace than apply more pressure. Um, that's something I hadn't thought of until you just mentioned that. So, again, the eye-opening thing from the last bit of conversation was the fact that people are actually more than likely extending grace rather than expecting as much or more. That in of itself is relieving of some tension. It's like, oh, yeah, the reality of they understand, because I would. Right. I wouldn't expect more from someone, so why would I think they would be doing the opposite? Right. It's because when we're in a certain situation, we think that other people are also in the same situation that we're in. So when we put pressure on ourselves, we think that other people are also doing the same. I have an observation, Dan. It's kind of interesting here that your dialogue about mentors and your dialogue about internal conflict may be one and the same, in that it's interesting to me that what you're seeking are outside mentors that can help you, and what you're battling with are inside mentors that are hurting you. And what I mean by that is that all of us have a roundtable inside of our head, people that we are listening to whose advice or counsel or respect or esteem that we want to live up to. And so oftentimes when we set expectations, it's really because we want other people to think well of us in a certain area. Now, they might be living, they might be dead, but we still try to live up to their satisfaction inside of our own head. And it's almost as if they have planted themselves as mentors that we need to impress on the inside. And if we don't, for whatever reason, and we're the only ones that can decide whether we do or not, 
that we let ourselves down and we feel bad about it. And on the outside, you're looking for mentors that can give you counsel through all that. So it's kind of interesting that there's perhaps the same question is being applied in both in both areas. That's absolutely fascinating. I, for a minute there, I wanted to say, get out of my head, Larry, because that's exactly part of the process. In the middle of all this, I don't want to let somebody else down right. in this transition. You know, there's things that I feel I have obligations to, and the last thing I want to do is to let someone else down in the process. Yeah, and I think that that's a common thing that we all deal with. There are people that we carry around with us in our heads that we don't want to let down. And you're also looking for people outside to form that circle of advisors for you as well in the same way. Yeah, I even remember when I was a kid, I was always the straight-A student. I remember when I was probably in fifth or sixth grade or ninth grade. I have no idea what it was. But I remember I came home, I had straight A's, but I had an A-. minus, And I remember as if all my other A's didn't exist, and the only thing that existed was that A-. minus. And I remember the disappointment. I remember them like coming down on me. I mean, it was an upsetting situation for them, which became a very upsetting situation for me that I got an A minus. Later on in my life as an adult, I realized one of my needs I had to be a perfectionist came at the root of it was fear of failing. I would rather not do it unless I knew I could do it perfectly. So I never had to deal with that again, seeing the disappointment in my parents' face or feeling like I failed or whatever it was, but I never let that moment go. And it was such a small moment, but I never realized that until I started seeing a psychologist and they pointed something weird out. And there you go. All of a sudden, I realized I have this need for perfectionism, not because I actually have a desire to be perfect, but I just had a fear of failing, mm-hmm. you know, or fear of disappointment or a fear of whatever fill in the blank. And right. then once I realized that, I slowly started letting go of this need for perfectionism just because I realized it had nothing to do with me wanting to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to avoid being shamed. Mm-hmm. Right. Good. Well, Dan, we're going to give you the final word because we're coming up on the end of our time together. Well, I, I think the final word and what I've learned from this is to put myself in the shoes of others who would be looking at myself in transition and understand that they're probably extending grace at the time rather than, um, you know, the, the self-applied pressure of they're expecting as much or more. And then the wisdom in many counselors, instead of trying to look for that one silver bullet, if you will, to work with those two things will definitely alleviate, if you will, a lot of tension that this transition has brought about. Those two pieces of information have been incredibly helpful for me as Julie and I work through this. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And I have just a lot of expectations for your transition. I want you to know I'm pumping it up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> thanks that a lot. <laughs> I thought I'd just put the pressure back on. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, and I'm applying for a new job in the process that Larry might know a little bit right. about. No pressure on that one either. That's all right. We'll send this recording to those people who are going to be deciding that for you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for being on this episode and this first Reinventure Me clinic. We hope you found it helpful. I'm so glad you stepped out and said, hey, I want to be part of that. Thank you uh, very much for this opportunity. I enjoyed it very much. All right. Well, terrific. Thanks again, Dan. Take care, my friend. You bet. Thank you. Well, we're back. I mean, and that was our conversation with Dan. 
Yes, it uh, was. And it was a good time. He's a good man, and I really he wish really him is. the best in all the transition. And I know he's got a lot of plates spinning at one time. And that's not unusual, I mean, for nope. anybody in transition. So yeah, really wish him the best as he sorts through all those things that he needs to do. Maybe you, one of our listeners out there, might have the same kind of challenge that Dan had, and it might be helpful to you to understand and go through some of those things that he went through. But maybe you're experiencing something different, and mm-hmm. maybe there's another topic that you'd like to get on the show with us and wrestle with us about. And and, we don't mind doing that and love to do it and Mm -hmm. would love to hear from you. And uh, you can certainly reach out and leave us a comment on our show at reinventure.me slash 72 or send us an email through our show or drop us a message on our show line. We'd love to hear what you think about this. Yeah, I think it's so interesting when you hear someone genuinely being vulnerable with you and they just lay themselves out before a public audience. I'm very engaged by it. I think it's incredibly intriguing and interesting and I think I get a lot more out of it and it takes a lot of courage to do that. And if you are someone who is that courageous, I don't know if I am sometimes, <laughs> but if you are that courageous and you do want to sit here and process this and allow others to enter into your life and hear about it and hear you process what you're dealing with as hopefully something that could be a blessing to someone else that can say, hey, I'm going through the same thing and that advice really helps me and it's cool to hear that there's someone else out there that's dealing with this. I'm not alone in this world. Yeah, and let me also just say too that this isn't a live recording. So if you want to do this and you're afraid that you might say something that you'd rather not have said, we have the ability to edit it. We have a very generous editor. (laughs) So I don't want to leave people with the idea that they're going to be quite uh, thrown out on the ledge. But if that's of all of interest to you, we would love to feature you on the show and just let us know what your transition's about and what you'd like to talk about. Leave us a comment on our show. Love to get your feedback. 612-314-5447 is our show line or reinventure.me slash 72 for this episode. My friends, we would love to get your feedback on whether you like this type of format. This is our first time out the gate, so that would be useful. Yeah, very useful. Obviously, well, we're trying to reinvent ourselves too, right? Reinventure me is reinventuring (laughs) itself. There we go. (laughs) Well, that's all the time we have, of course. So we want to just wish you the best. You venture forth this week and look at what God might be doing. Armin, we'll see you next time. Indeed, right after your vacation and my hard work. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, bye bye. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.